Praise the Lord. It's good to be here again, once again. It's good to see all your lovely faces. Praise God. Is it? Is it my imagination, but is it because they found that I was speaking that not everybody's here tonight? <laughs> Could that be it? <laughs> no, nah, they're just joking. You're here because you're supposed to be here. Amen. I just thank God that his mercies are new every morning. That means I can get up every morning knowing that mercy is waiting to greet me and embrace me every day of my life. Amen. That's the wonders of God. Praise the Lord. Um, I don't want to waste too much time, but tonight I want to talk to you about something that I believe is going to be very special to you, something I believe is going to uh, minister to you. I know it certainly was ministering to me as I was studying and preparing this, but the title of my message is The Greatness of Grace. What makes grace so special? What makes grace such a great thing? And not only that, but we want to talk about how does this grace affect our lives? So we're going to talk about that tonight. So let's pray, and then we can get into word. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Father God, because you're here. You're here in our midst, here in our presence. And Father, I yield to you tonight. Use me in such a special way to touch every lives that are here today. Father, speak through me, minister through me. Father God, let your anointing flow in the name of Jesus. Father, there's no greater preacher than your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit will speak a message that will minister to everyone that are here today, including myself. Father, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say tonight. So give us an ears to hear. And, and Lord God, open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word. And for this, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. I want to start off by first defining grace. When a person puts in a full day and earns a a day's pay, it's called wages. When a person competes against an opponent and wins a trophy, it's called a prize. When a person is recognized for his long service and his great achievement, it's called an award. But when a person is not capable of receiving wages, and when a person cannot earn a prize or even deserve an award, yet he receives all those gifts anyways, then you have a clear picture of what God's grace is about. God's grace is his unmerited favor poured out unto the undeserving. You can also say that it is the inexhaustible supply of God's goodness. Amen. It means doing for us what we don't deserve, what we cannot earn, and what we can never repay. That's the grace of God. And one of the things that I so appreciate about God's grace is that he has graced me with the most beautiful woman in New Bedford to be my wife. That is God's grace. And even though I did not deserve it, but praise the Lord, God saw fit that I deserve someone such as her. 
We also know that grace is also a free gift. Ephesians 2 uh, verse 8 says, For by grace we are saved through faith. Not of ourselves, but it is what? The gift of Christ. The gift of God. So we know that uh, grace is free. And even though it is free, does not mean that it's cheap by any means. Because it was paid for with a price. Nevertheless, it was worth the payment because God wanted to simply offer this wonderful grace freely to each and every one of us today. Amen. Amen. So what makes grace so special? What is so great about grace? One of the things about grace that we learn in the Bible is that God has ample supply of grace. There is an abundance of grace that God has to bestow upon all of us. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Chapter 9, I'm sorry. In Ephesians 2, 7, Paul says, he talks about the exceeding riches of God's grace. There is an abundance and a supply in God's storehouse of grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Paul says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Now, understand when Paul wrote this, it related to his giving. But I believe that God's grace is not limited to giving but it's graces for all area of our lives. And he says that he's able to make all grace, that means all kinds of favor, to abound in every area of our lives. That's some good news. Romans chapter 5 and verse 2 says that we have gained access into this grace, this positional place of grace wherein we stand. Think about that. God has placed us through his son into this place where grace is accessible, attainable, and available whenever there's a need in our lives. Think about that. He's brought us to a place. And that's why I can appreciate Hebrews 4.16 where he says for, uh, to come boldly or confidently into the throne room of, or the throne of grace where we may obtain mercy And find what? Grace to help in our time of need. And God has placed us into this positional place of grace for every area of our lives. We can pull on the resources and supply of God's grace because it's abundant. It's limitless. And it's there and he's given it to us freely. Amen. And so he said we have all grace to abound, that we always having all sufficiency in all things so that we may have an abundance for every work. Oh, man, that's, that is powerful. That means that if you need strength, grace will make strength available for you. 
If you need direction and guidance in your life, grace will make that available for you. Because you see, we are in a position in place of grace. So we can simply just come boldly and confidently before the Lord in our time of need where we can find grace to help. Glory to God. You know, I get excited, but I'll try not to get ahead of myself. But let's look at some, another example in the Bible. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look at Paul, who knew something about the abundance of grace in circumstances. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Most of you know the story. Beginning verse 7, Paul writes, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in the infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So here we have Paul who was dealing with an issue that became such a burden in his life that he cried out to God three times to remove it. Now, we're talking about the same Paul that was beaten five times with stripes, that was beaten with rods three times, that was stoned, that was shipwrecked. But yet, the only time that we see that Paul had an issue was this thorn in the flesh, where he cried out three times. And the Bible says that God answered his prayers. But notice that he didn't remove the thorn from his flesh. Because God saw that his grace was far sufficient to deal with the issue in his life. That grace was his strength. Because he said, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Imagine yourself going through an issue in your life. I don't care what it is. And then you cry out to God. And he may not necessarily take you out of that situation. But he can certainly give you the grace, the strength, whatever it is that you need to help you overcome that issue in your life. Why? Because that's the grace of God. That's his favor. And we live under the favor of God. The Bible says that we are not under the law, but under Grace. But what I like is the way Paul responded. In verse 10, he says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, Paul knew that he can rely on the grace of God to get him through the the things that he had gone through throughout his whole ministry. And the result was that he finished his work. He fought the good fight of faith, and now he was ready to be taken up. But only the grace of God could get him through what he went through to fulfill God's purpose. That's an encouragement to all of us, because no matter what circumstances we find ourselves, sometimes we think, well, we can't make it. Sometimes we think that, there's no possible way that I'm going to, have to get to the other side. I don't, I don't see an end to this. But
But people, let me tell you, God's grace, if you rely on his grace, if you pull on the supply and abundance of God's grace, it will be enough to get you through whatever it is that you're going through and realize that what you're going through is just a season because God's not through with you yet. Because his grace wants to bring you to a further place. Amen. God's grace. Hallelujah. Turn with me to John's gospel, the first chapter. I'm excited about this. John chapter 1. Glory to God. Beginning in verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now skip down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Verse 16, this is, one, this is the one I want you to notice. And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. Paul, uh, John says that of his fullness we've all received. What does he mean by that? Well, I believe he was talking about the fullness of grace and truth, which he mentions in verse 14. He says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. So that means we have received the fullness or the full extent of his grace and truth. But he doesn't stop there. Because then he, in addition to the fullness, he has grace for grace. Well, what does that mean? The literal Greek, the, the literal Greek translation writes it like this. Grace in place of grace. Let me explain to you what that is. The best way I can explain that to you is this. Picture yourself at the beach. And you're standing in the beach and you're watching the waves coming in. And you notice that each wave is different from the last. So you're standing right here and you see the first wave coming in. And let's say the wave stops maybe about a foot from where you're standing. Then the next wave comes in. And this time it comes right at your feet. Then the next wave comes in, and this time it, it covers your feet. Then the next wave comes in, it covers your feet and beyond. Each wave comes further and is deeper than the last. Grace is like a wave that comes continuously. One grace taking the place of the other. That means that there's a fresh grace daily, every day, and each day the grace is fresher and greater than the last grace that was given. Isn't that wonderful? That is the grace that God has given to us. In other words, it's grace upon grace upon grace. Each grace becomes greater and better and fresher than the last to meet every need that you have in your life. It's like the Bible says, or the song that we're singing, his mercies are new every morning. His grace 
is also new and fresh every morning. Only it's fresher each day. <laughs> glory to God. Whew, glory, that's, that's exciting. That excites me. <laughs> Amplified version in verse 16. For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and were all supplied with one grace after another, spiritual blessings upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped up upon gift. That's blessings upon another blessing. Glory to God. Talk about the grace of God. So that's what we're talking about here. Grace for everyday living. And the way you know that you're living this grace, the the way to know that you're heaping and, and, and pulling on that grace is when you notice that the things that you do Oh, let me, let me retract myself here. You know that you're living by grace or the evidence of grace in your life when you find yourself doing the things that you thought you could never do. The person, you find yourself loving people that you couldn't stand before. <laughs> she can testify. You find yourself... Forgiving people that it hurts you when you couldn't forgive before. You find yourself controlling certain areas of your life where before you had no control over. That's when you know you're walking in this grace. Because you see, grace has transforming power. Grace can change a person. And I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. But let me backtrack here. Go with me to John's Gospel, the 15th chapter. Grace is the gift that keeps on giving. And the key to putting this grace to work is found in John's Gospel, the 15th chapter. Beginning in verse 4. It said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I heard Joyce Myers once say that you can learn a lot from watching fruit grow. Let's take a grape, for instance. How many of you have ever seen a grape struggle to be fruitful? Anybody? Nobody, right? Well, you know what? Because all a grape does is just abide in the vine. And as long as it's abiding in that vine, it gets its source to produce its fruitfulness. Amen? Amen. But that word abide is not a word that we hear all the time. It's not a common word that you hear or use. But there is another word that has the same basic meaning that I know that you know. And that word is bonding. When a person bonds, it's two people coming together, forming a a close-knit relationship. That relationship becomes so connected and so vital that it it, it can even become life-changing. Picture a father underneath the hood of his car, working on his car, and his son is standing right next to him, handing the tools to his dad. See, they're forming a bond, a connection. 
And the more they stay connected, the more they stay bonding, that relationship is going to become so strong that it cannot be broken. And that relationship, that connection, becomes a life-changing experience to the son because now he grows up to be more like the father. Amen. Amen. The secret to drawing this grace and working this grace in our lives is if we stay connected to the Lord Jesus. Because that's the kind of relationship that he is looking for from us. Because if we stay connected to that vine, that vine which is Jesus, he is the source to cause us to, the, the grace to produce in our lives the things that he wants to produce. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Amen. So the Bible says that without him we can do nothing. So therefore we can't grow, we can't produce, and we can certainly enjoy the graces of God. But if we stay connected, we have a source of that grace to grow and develop to become all that God wants us to be. Because of that connection. That is the key. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. So we know that God's grace is great because number one, it's given to the undeserving. It didn't cost us anything. We can never earn it. We can never repay it. But God sought to it to just provide us with this grace freely. We know that God's grace is great because there's an abundance of it. And he's more than willing to give out all the grace that, uh, that you need in order to make your life uh, the way God wants it to be. In order to deal with certain issues in your life. To overcome certain difficulties and circumstances. But I'm also excited about this. Because grace also has power to change lives. Here in Timothy, beginning in verse 12 in chapter 1, Paul writes, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointed me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Look at verse 14. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. A lot has been written about the Apostle Paul. And we know that he's a great man of God because of some of the things that he has accomplished. He traveled throughout the ancient world preaching the gospel. He's established churches throughout the ancient world. He even wrote two-thirds of the Bible. But what is not mentioned about Paul's life is the life that he lived before his conversion. Because Paul makes it clear what kind of person he was. And he was not always the person that we read about. And of course, we don't have the time to get into it. But there are scriptures in the Bible that describes uh, Paul as being a man who was so bent and so hateful towards Christian that he would blaspheme the name of Jesus. He would deny the Christian faith. And he hated Christians so much that he would scour the ancient world looking for them and drag them out of their homes and imprison them. The Bible also said he would look unto, even unto death for these Christians. But here's a man who God called into the ministry. But what I want you to see is that even though he was a, a violent man, even though he was a man who blasphemed the name of Jesus, God's grace was able to overcome all that and change him and turn him into a man of God. 
God's grace is so powerful that he can take a man who blasphemed the name of Jesus and turn him into a man to glorify the name of Jesus. God is able to take a man who would deny the Christian faith and turn him into a man who would defend the Christian faith. And he would change a man who hated Christians so much that he turned him into a man that loved Christians, a man who become all things to all men that he may save some. Now, here's what I want you to pay close attention because this should give us some hope because I know that some of us have family members who are not saved. And perhaps maybe you've been, there's no hope. This guy will never change. This woman will never change. But the grace of God can change a man like Paul. Turn him around and use him for his glory. I believe that God can change any man. Listen, every one of us here are a product of God's grace. Every one of us. The Bible says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Even though he knew that there are some in the world that would reject him, that would denounce him, and would deny his faith. But yet that never stopped God from sacrificing his only son. Why is that? Well, I'm going to tell you. Because God saw that I was worth the risk. He saw that I was Worth the risk, even though he knew that I was going to misuse his grace. Even though he knew I was going to continue down that path of sin. He saw that I was still worth the risk. Because when he saw further down, he saw that grace transformed me into the person that I am today. That's the grace of God. Glory to God. And so that's why God was willing to sacrifice his only son to die for the world. And offer this wonderful grace to the world. Even though he knew that there were some who would reject his grace. But he also knew that there were some who would receive it. And you know, grace is still available. And grace is still transforming lives today. Amen. Amen. Oh, my Lord. James chapter 4 verse 6 says, And God gives us more grace. There's more grace. There's an abundant grace for every need. And you know, God is still transforming our lives. God is still transforming your lives. But it's by his grace that we rely on his grace to do the things that he wants us to do and to become the person that he wants us to be. Listen, this is a message of hope. Because if you're not confident in yourself, if you feel that this is all there is of me, I like what Paul says. I am what I am because of his grace. Even though he considered himself the worst of sinners, that never stopped God from showing his love and grace in his life and using him. The only credentials I had when I came to God was that I was involved in drugs, that I was involved in criminal activities, and there was nothing for me to boast about. But that's all he needed to change me and transform me into the person I am today. Glory to God. Listen, don't lose hope. Take heart, take courage, and rely on the grace of God. It's active, it's powerful, it's great, it's wonderful. It can do wondrous things.
It can provide for all your needs. It can help you in your time of need. It can help you to overcome circumstances in your life. And it can transform you to be the person that God wants you to be. Only abide in that vine. 